Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. I'm Missy Stevens, Mom and Dot 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 writer, foster child advocate, and this week, a volunteer in need of a recharge. And if you know, you know. Oh my gosh. I don't it's know. Just but sometimes. I, yeah, I know vicariously <laughs> through you. <laughs> you're the reason I don't volunteer anymore. I figure you're doing enough for both of us. Whatever you volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm Suzanne Kearns, mom and dot, 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 writer, LGBTQ and sex ed advocate. And today I am celebrating one month of vertigo by taking some random steroid that my doctor gave me. And I literally just took it before we hopped on this call so y'all can observe me because Chris is out of town and I need someone to know if I don't make it. So (laughs) you keep an eye on me. You're going to make it. You might be a little extra, but you're going to make it. That's what he said. He said, don't take it at night because you're going to be like, you, won't be you able feel to good. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, so maybe I'll clean the house. Who knows? But today we are so excited to have our dear friend Kristen Shaw with us. Kristen Shaw grew up attending classic car shows with her parents, and she has a soft spot in her heart for a 1957 Chevy Bel Air, preferably in turquoise. Yeah. I know. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> Her corporate background specialties were telecommunications, technology, and aviation before she traded strategy meetings for freelance writing. Now she writes about technology, aviation, and automotive topics, and her work has been featured by Popular Science, Car and Drive, Motor One, Autowise, The Washington Post, The Huffington Post, A Girl's Guide to Cars, and more. She also co-hosts an automotive site at drivemodeshow.com. A passionate activist for women and families, Kristen founded the Touch a Truck event in Austin, which we need to link to. It's mm-hmm. it's just going to be wrapping up by time this runs, but such a cool event in Austin that benefits the Safe Alliance, a nonprofit created to help those affected by domestic violence. She also participates as a parent committee member in the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Group for her local school district. And maybe most importantly, she's also the reason that I met Missy (laughs) and so many other fabulous women in the Austin writing community and also had the pleasure of co-hosting Listen to Your Mother show together a few years ago. So, so excited to introduce you all. Well, no, you've been on here once before for one of our- No, Kristen didn't get to be here that night. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. She was missing. You- I was missing. Okay. Well, I was traveling. I'm even yeah, more She wasn't excited. actually missing. We all knew where she was. She just wasn't on the show. <laughs> but no, we had the rest. I was somewhere. We had the rest of our amazing daily text thread of women in mm-hmm. power um, on for a tipsy ellipses a few months ago. And that's right. Kristen was not there. So now you get your own exclusive, your own yeah. exclusive visit. It's special. Welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. It's so nice to see you both. I mean, Suzanne, as you were talking about how we met, I was just thinking about that coffee we had yes, so many years yes. ago. At Lola Savannah in Westlake. I'm going to give yeah. them a little plug. I love that place. They have the best chai in town. Oh, yes. I know. And I think it was because you had that Today parenting piece about the weight of your son and it was going viral. And I think your bio just said, you know, like in Austin, Texas. And I was like, oh, I'm trying to write things. I mean, this was way, way back when I was in my dusty parachute days. Yeah. Um, And I didn't know the first thing about 
Well, I still don't know that I do. <laughs> the first thing about writing or the writing community and all the cool people that are around in town doing amazing things. So, and you, you opened that whole world to me. Well, it was love at first sight. <laughs> I think it's one of Kristen's specialties. So it we is. clearly, we know you, we love you, but some of our listeners may not have the pleasure of knowing you yet. They will after today. So can you give us kind of a Kristen 101 things we maybe didn't touch on in your bio about where your career started, how it's progressed, and if there were really any big surprises along the way? So when I, I graduated from University of Cincinnati with a communications degree, which means you can do just about anything with that. You know, if you're a good communicator, you can do so many different kinds of jobs. My first job was at a hotel front desk. I, I think I knew somebody that knew somebody at this hotel in Cincinnati. And I was like, well, I got to start somewhere, you know. Yeah, yeah. So in about six months, I convinced the general manager to let me be the assistant manager for human resources. So from there. In, in two months? No, about six months. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. My, I was a really go-getter. Yeah, the steroids haven't gotten to my ear stuff yet. So. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> so I talked my way into getting that job, and my boss was like 25. I was 23. And within a couple of months, she was fired because she was very young and inexperienced. She was awesome lady. So I was like, what do I do? You know, I had to be the, the intermediate human resources manager for 500 employees until wow, they hired what? somebody new. Yeah, I had to work with the union. I had to oversee some firings. I was like, I do not know what in the world is going on here. Oh, you were a baby. I was. I was <laughs> barely, you know, getting into the corporate world. So, you know, within about a year, I realized that wasn't for me. And I transitioned into sales and marketing on the tech side. And I went to work for Skytel, I think the paging company. Remember pagers? Yep. Yes. Oh my God, it's just dated myself so hard there. <laughs> paging company. And then I got into telecom and stuff like that. And I started traveling. I worked for this Belgian company and I commuted. I didn't really commute, but I went back and forth between Cincinnati and Brussels a lot. And that's where I really got my love for international travel. So, you know, cut the timeline short. By the time I had my son in 2009, I really wanted to get off the road. Like I had, yeah. I'd been traveling to Europe quite a bit. I didn't want to do that with a baby, yeah. you know, but it just so happened that my husband's business was still growing and it was in no way able to support the family yet. So I had to stay working and that was a really hard time. But yeah. finally in 2013, when my son was almost four, I was able to start freelancing and make the transition. I really made the leap from a six figure job to to doing freelancing. And it's been amazing. It feels like yesterday that you made that leap, but it does. It that does. is, I mean, the, I want to talk a lot about that financially, how you're able mm -hmm. to manage that. Mm -hmm. It makes, it makes a big difference insurance wise, safety net wise. Uh, yep. How, how did you work around that structurally? Or how did you think through that process of, okay, was it a spreadsheet? <laughs> Was it just ongoing discussions? You know, what were those trade-offs? Well, here there really was an impetus to the to the process. So right after my son was born, he was born in September, and I got my review in January. And by September, when my son was born, I had completed all of my goals. I made all of my key performance indicators. You know, all that corporate speak stuff. Yeah. And I got wow. my my review in January. 
and it was a poor review. And I was like, what's happening? I, you know, I met all my KPIs before September, like early. I met them all. Well, the performance was on a, on a curve. And my boss, who is French, she said, well, it was not your best year. And I said, what? no, I made a kidding. person this year. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. So that really, you know, that was kind of the beginning of the end. But mm -hmm. by the time we got to 2013, they'd wanted me to add South America to my territory. I was already covering all of North America and traveling to Europe. I was like, I can't, I can't even speak Spanish. Like I can't, I can't start <laughs> traveling to South America. That is not comfortable for me. So I'm like sobbing. I go down to my husband's office downstairs. I'm working from home. And he said, babe, I want you to pull yourself together, go back upstairs and call them and resign now. And I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, so that is the Finally, answer. you know, and he's the king of spreadsheets. So he had figured out by then that we could survive. But even then, I think that was August. And I had planned to stay on through October or November just to work through. And my boss said, no, you're done. I can clearly see that you are out. And I was like, Crap, well, you know, that's our insurance, that's our income, right. yes. that's my everything. But, you know, we just had to roll with it. And uh, within a week, I had my first freelance assignment with Airport Improvement Magazine, and I still write for them. Okay, yeah, so let's, can. yeah, let's talk a little bit about that, because you do some really interesting areas of writing that I don't think people would necessarily, I'm, I'm sure that you are probably in the minority as far as being the female in in the auto, automotive and as well as the aeronautic space, but you have such a passion for both of these things that I've just never seen as far as the statistics that you can rattle off for different cars or all this yep. stuff. Like, it sounds like you did a lot of that with the automotive shows with your parents growing up, but what, what is that passion and you know, where does that come from? And how did you get, make sure that like, that was what you wanted to do with your freelance assignments? Well, since my corporate background was in aviation technology for the eight years and before I left to freelance, I had that experience under my belt. And I knew that in order to make that leap, I needed to have a, a segue, right? Mm -hmm. So that was an easy segue. I already knew Airport Improvement Magazine. I had set up meetings with them, with the company I worked for, you know, so probably about a month before I left, I said to Paul, my publisher, I, I met him at an aviation trade show and I said, hey, you know, what kind of like, I'd like to write for you at some point. And he's like, okay, here's, you know, here's my information. Call me when you're ready. And like snap on it. You know, it's, so that was, yeah, that was great. So every month I write a different, for every issue, I write a different story for them. It could be about a construction project or a new terminal. It could be about some software that an airport uses. Um, so I was able to leverage my background to that yeah. kind of writing. Are you yeah. coming up with those topics or do they come with you and be like, we've got this new terminal going up. We need a story. Paul, about yeah. Paul and our editor, Rebecca, they come up with the topics and assign me. So yeah. I, mean, I think we know that not every job you've taken has aligned with these passions of yours. We know you've worked really hard to be strategic about finding work and creating a balance with your family life, your writing life and making it all work for you. Do you have, whether it's a real tactile thing or just in your mind, a method for the way you make decisions about what you'll take and what you won't take? I think a lot of our listeners are probably trying to create a freelance lifestyle where they have a little bit more control 
but it's very tempting as someone who's done it before to just take whatever comes your way. Yeah. So how do you make a decision so that your mental health stays intact? Totally. And I've certainly made, I wouldn't call them mistakes, but definitely learning opportunities along the way where I took jobs that were, you know, write 500 words for $35 and, mm-hmm. you know, way, way past that this one. But I can't, I, I wouldn't denigrate those opportunities because you have to start somewhere. You know, and one of the things that I feel like I did really well, I've kind of fallen off the wagon with this, but I I set goals. You know, these are the publications that I want to write for. Washington Post, Huffington Post, you know, check, 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 check. And and I wanted to get bylines in those. The only one I didn't get that I wanted on my list was the New York Times. But it's never too late, right? (laughs) No. (laughs) That's just still coming. You hear that New York Times. Yeah. I mean, so, and, and you really have to work hard. As a freelancer, you have to, you guys know this, you have to be used to getting the word no and knowing that no is not final. You know, no mm. is temporary. I mean, I've pitched Haggerty before and today they're like, hey, you're on our radar. <laughs> Let's That's... talk about, you know, what you could do. So it is, is definitely a process. You know, the first time that I saw opportunity in automotive. I mean, I've always loved cars. I'm just, I'm just fascinated by cars. I had posters of cars and shirtless dudes on my wall in college, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I saw that here in Austin, there's this company that rented out exotic cars, like Lamborghini, Ferrari, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And I said, hmm, I wonder if I could figure out a way to get them to let me drive one of those cars for coverage. Because I don't have any money. I'm a freelancer. And so I contacted them and I convinced them to let me write about it in exchange. And they let me drive a Ferrari F430. Oh and that God. was my first car review ever, which is hilarious. Like who starts with a Ferrari? <laughs> I did. You know, and from there, I started pitching um, Scotty Reese at A Girl's Guide to Cars. Love Scotty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's great. And she really helped me get my start. You know, she encouraged me to keep going. And then from there, you just build on it. When you're a, you're a freelancer, you start here at those, those articles that don't pay much or maybe even nothing. And some people will say, yeah. oh, you should never do that. You should never give your work away. Well, if you can see giving that work away is going to lead you to the next step, then do it. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. build your way up from there and you keep on asking. Keep on asking. That's the hard part for me. Oh, like I said, no, okay, bye. <laughs> Aside from the New York Times, are there any other things that are these areas that you want to explore? You've done the automotive, done the done the aeros, uh, is it aerospace or what, how would you use it? The airlines? It's really the airport space specifically airport space. within aviation. Yeah, because I'm not writing about specs about aircraft. I have, you know, I wrote for the Points Guy, which is this big site that talks about like how to go on vacation on points and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I've written about aircraft design for them, but mostly what I write about are is airports, airport technology, and airport construction engineering. So we learned so to talk to engineers and yeah, transcribe it and make it. You know, I think because my background is in tech and communications, uh-huh. I can take something techie and turn it into something palatable, something that people can understand. Right. That's yeah. a great skill. Have you had like dude engineers talk to you like you're a dum dum? No, not really. Honestly, okay. especially not in aviation. In automotive, I've I've definitely come across a couple of guys who are, you know, car dudes who insist that they know better than everybody. But you know, it's not up to me to change them. I can just show them that I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, oh, I like that. I like that take. 
Exactly. Uh, no, I mean, that really does. Like every time that there is a knowledgeable, smart woman in the space, that just opens the door. Like like you said, Scotty Reese was there for you. You're going to be there for that, that next generation of so females great. who are interested in the space. And did you always know this was your passion? I'm so curious because Missy and I are just talk about dum dums. We are just like <laughs> we've spent the past two years like just trying to figure out what is our passion. What do we want to do? Like, did was that just like something that you just knew, or did you work towards that, or like any advice for any of us out there who haven't found the car of our dreams <laughs> as a vehicle for your passion? <laughs> Unintended. <laughs> I. I guess, you know, when I was a teenager, I thought that I would be a photojournalist for National Geographic. You know, I grew Ooh. up with National Geographic magazines on the table yeah. and I was like, I want to travel. Yeah. I want to write. You know, I always knew that I wanted to write. And I had teachers along the way that really encouraged my writing, like Janice Dean, who has the same birthday as my son. And I still visit her when I can. Oh, um, she's my own journalism teacher. So it took me a long time to get here. I mean, I'm, I just turned 51 last year. And so it's never too late. You know, I feel like reinventing yourself is, is a skill that you can learn. Then just in the last three years, I got my motorcycle license. I learned how to ski. And then, as I know, we'll probably talk about in a second, I'm going to be competing in a 1,500-mile, eight-day off-road rally. So yeah. why not? Why not? Why not? Let's talk about the rally now. We we cannot like we our plan today was to not let you leave without talking about it, but <laughs> let's just talk about it now. Like okay. tell everybody, is it Rebel or Rebel? Rebel. It's called the Rebel, Rebel. Rally. It's in its seventh year. And it was started by Emily Miller, who is an off-roading champion, just an amazing woman. She started this rally to show women what they're capable of doing. So this starts in Nevada, north of Lake Tahoe. We're going to be driving all on public lands, off-road for eight days. But here's the kicker. There's no phones, no navigation. So oh. we have to go with topographic maps and plotters, latitude, longitude points. And, uh, you know, they put a satellite tracker on us in case we get lost. But, <laughs> That's <you know>. very <laughs> Good. Fine. That's my I'm sitting here thinking I would be I so lost. I know. Ooh. And that's we've been learning how to do all of that stuff and wearing helmet all day because you got to be safe. So I went and covered this last year as a journalist. Mm -hmm. And I was so impressed by the way the women supported each other. The teams helped each other. They're all teams of two. And just the vibe was so powerful. And I thought, I have to try this. You know, so when my friend Jill Simonillo asked me if I wanted to partner with her because she knew that I was kind of interested, I was like, yes, let's do it. So we pitched Hyundai. And speaking of women supporting us and supporting each other, it was Lori Schultz and Sarah Fullman who said, yes, you know, let's do this. We will give you a vehicle. We're going to give you the Hyundai Santa Cruz that we requested. And they're sponsored the entrance fee, which is like $12,000 that covers all the oh my gosh. safety and the food and the base camps and stuff. And then we got Bose to sponsor us and she buys travel. And then we've got these other geared places that are helping us kid out the Santa Cruz so that it's good to go for eight days. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what has to happen to the car. We're all of a sudden a car podcast, but you can't just <laughs> drive a regular Hyundai Santa Cruz. We could. 
I mean, totally you could. could do that. Okay, you could. Yeah, like there's a there's an X cross class and there's a bone stock class, which means the bone stock means you take it like you could take it right out of the dealership. Like you could take a Toyota 4Runner right out of the dealership and take it off road. Oh. But the Hyundai Santa Cruz is not is not known for being. It, it, in case you don't know what they look like, it looks like kind of like a, a modern El Camino. You know, it's got like the SUV in the front and the truck bed in the back, mm-hmm. the okay, cover on it. It's really cool little vehicle. And so they put some skid plates on the bottom. A skid plate's like a, it keeps the underbelly from getting damaged. You like armor, you know, right. keep your belly from getting damaged. And then there's a, <laughs> a roof rack where we've got a 70 pound tire up there, a spare tire. We've got these things called max tracks, which help you dig out of the sand. We've got shovels. We've got an air compressor so that we can air down for the sand. We're going to be driving in the sand dunes. I mean, it's going to be such an epic adventure and we're camping. Yes. Along the way, camping in a tent. Oh, oh my, God. my gosh. What the heck? Okay. <laughs> You're not allowed to have your phone, but are you allowed to take a camera? Like, I want to see every bit of this. You do document it, right? Well, yeah. they have amazing photographers and videographers that follow okay. along and take tons of pictures. And it's kind of like a mom at summer camp. Like, people can follow along. If you go to rebelrally.com, and you sign up for the newsletter, you'll get the pictures every day of where we are. And you can see where we can track exactly where we are. And you'll be able to see us like, are we smiling? Do they look like they're having fun? You know? <laughs> can we airlift care packages in? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like they need. Yes. Lots of snacks. Lots can we deliver snacks. food baskets? <laughs> yeah. Oh. So I have this amazing partner and we just went to training a couple of weeks ago. Luckily, I had one day of training with the engineer. And then the next day, I tested positive for COVID. So Jill had to do the training by herself, and I was stuck in the hotel room. And I did the navigation training via Zoom. Oh, my gosh. Such a bummer. I know. We were there virtually with you in the hotel room. It's such a bummer. But that is the nice thing about doing it with a partner, is that I'm sure even once you're in the car and doing the rally, you'll be able to lean on each other as needed um, if someone's having an off day or just yeah. needs a rest. Sure. Yep. We even have a safe word. It's called watermelon in case <laughs> one person's being a, a jackhole, you know. <laughs> hey, watermelon. Oh, my God. I always think about that. We always watch. I know Suzanne does, too. We haven't watched in a while, but The Amazing Race. And Mark and I would talk about, could we do this and not, <laughs> like, embarrass the crap out of ourselves on national television? Because... We are great together. We've been together a thousand years. We know our roles. We do it. But it's still like in the heat of the moment, sometimes people are not nice and lose it a little bit. And maybe we need to get a safe word. Safe word. (laughs) Water. I'm telling you, me and my husband could not do this. But we figured, Jill and I figured out that she is a lot like my husband and I am a lot like her husband in terms of temperament. So we already know how to handle that. Have you spent time together extended besides this trip before? Yeah, we did a four or five day training in April. Okay. And we, so Jill and I got together and Jill started this online group um, called Fight Club with several journalists that we're friends with, you know, and just supporting each other, you know, and that was during the pandemic. So we've really gotten to be close and she is such a caring and wonderful person. I know we're going to probably get snappy at each other at some point, but like we're ready to forgive and, and just do our best. You know, this is not about winning. This is about learning. 
You're going to get tired. You're going to get hungry and things aren't going to work. And yeah, just as long as you're prepared for that. See, I tried to picture the two of us, two Enneagram nines, trying to get (laughs) shit done in tough situations. We'd be like, it's okay, Missy. I know you're doing your best. Do we, do we, should we both just take a nap? <laughs> should we go left or should we go right? I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of a miracle this podcast ever gets released because we're both like, it's okay. It's all fine. It's okay. That's fine. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Now I'm off track with our questions. Which is fine because I really could talk about the Rebel Rally all day. I but, know. Um, I know. I know. I know what we want to talk about. One thing that comes up a lot in the podcast is the idea of privilege oh yeah that Suzanne and I are definitely in a place of privilege that allows us to do this podcast that gives us this room to figure out what our passion is and what we're going to do next and I think people could hear you talk about what you're doing and think oh she's just privileged and she's been able to have this freelance career and you've touched on it a little bit already but we know you've worked really hard to get where you are there been any sacrifices that Maybe you didn't expect to come along the way or ones that were especially hard to swallow at the time that now you look back and kind of see, like, I made that sacrifice and it paid off and now you're glad you did it. I would say, I mean, the hardest part of our marriage has been the part where I had to keep working in the corporate job mm-hmm. and and it broke my husband's heart. I know because I would beg him. To please, can I please quit? Can I please quit my job? I just want to be with our son, you know? Mm. And that was so hard for him because he could see that the success was coming. You know, it was just down the road. Mm-hmm. And I was hard on him, you know? And he supports me a thousand percent to do what I do now. You know, there's been a couple of times where I could have taken a full time job. Yeah. And he's like, Do you want to do a full time job? Is this what you want to do? And I was like, well, not really. You know, like I, I love to have the freedom of freelancing. If I don't want to take a trip, I can say no. If I don't want to take an assignment, I can say no. And I love that opportunity to do that kind of stuff. Now, there's been quite a few trips that I've taken that have been incredible. Like I just got back a couple of weeks ago from Pebble Beach in Monterey. It's huge. The Concorde d'Elegance is this huge car show. Very fancy, you know, looks so amazing fun. experience. Yes. Yeah. But that means that I, I do have to leave my son behind with my husband. And because of that, what I learned is that they have forged an incredible bond. Mm-hmm. You know, where there's been lots of times where the mom just picks up the slack, you know, because that's mm-hmm. the traditional role. But with Will and our son, I mean, they they are so close and they're so in sync. And there was one point where I think when, when my son was pretty young, I, I gave my husband like really detailed instructions. I was like, don't forget this and be really safe about that. He goes, babe, don't you know that I love this boy as much as you do? And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, like, yeah. yeah, I guess you're right. Like you do, yes. you know, but I, I had a hard time with that. And I still like, I'm really going to miss my family while I'm at the rebel rally. But I know that they're in good hands with each other. I know. Yeah. What are my kids' names? Zoe is with Chris this weekend. 
they're doing college tours in Boston. And well, thank goodness I didn't, I, it's not the vertigo that kept me from going just originally just cost wise, it's getting to be a little cumbersome for all four of us to fly every right. time Zoe wants to tour a college. <laughs> um, so we thought that would be a really good experience. And, you know, it reminded me of the fact that Chris did take when she was a baby, when I went back to work after maternity leave, he took three months off to be with her and they had this great one-on-one -on -one time and it really is i think we do such a disservice to yeah. men or to the dads not thinking they're capable of it or maybe just overthinking that we're capable of it and not giving them the freedom to make their decisions do their things i have no idea well actually i do want to know they used to go to the zoo like every day because he could not stand being stuck in the house <laughs> but aside from that i don't know what he did with her all day i know she got her diaper changed i know she ate food like she survived <laughs> and i'm sure in a lot of ways he did it better than i did and i do think there's something to be said for just giving them that opportunity. We we take that from them so many times. So I know it's probably yeah. a challenge for him, just like it's a challenge for any parent who is, you know, doing the one parent thing for a particular period of time. But I'm sure that it's so good for them. So mm -hmm. good for your son. So good for Will. I just, I think it's a great opportunity. Yeah. And I mean, as you guys talk about, you're for a mom plus, you know, yeah. and I think that my son is getting to see me chase my dreams, try new things, be adventurous, reinvent myself. And that is important for him to know for when he gets married or if he has a daughter or just just looking at the world of women in general. Mm -hmm. I think it is something that is going to be valuable for him as he grows. Yeah, it's a great example. I think culturally we're coming to this place where we used to just fall into these gender norms. And I think we're discovering that we don't have to do that. And setting an example for the, the children we're raising, I think they're going to live a very different kind of life with very different expectations. Mm -hmm. And it's going to make things better for future generations. Yes. I agree. And now for some of our listeners who are maybe listening, they're like, oh, I want to have some more flexibility in my career as well. But, you know, I'm not a writer, don't want to do freelance, whatever the case may be. You also invented such a really cool role. This was years and years ago, and this was not in the plans to talk about, but I just think it's a really, it was so interesting to me then, and it's interesting to me now, the idea that you and Heidi basically split, like a C, was it a C-level job? It was a top management job. Yes. But both of you did not want to do full time. You mm -hmm. wanted to have the flexibility of the time, but also wanted to be using your full breadth of skills and talents. So wanted to have a job that was worthy of those, but also the flexibility. So can you talk a little bit about how that came to be and what that was like? Sure. So Marathon Kids is a nonprofit that help set up running programs in schools, especially schools that don't have a lot of athletic facilities. You know, kids need exercise. And so they worked with Nike and they did the, they do these really cool programs and, and the kids keep track of how many miles they're running and stuff like that. So they were looking for a chief marketing officer. And Heidi brought the role to my attention because I was, you know, trying to figure out how can I make more money? I wasn't I, you know, I was freelancing at the time, but not to the level that I wanted. And so I interviewed with them and they really liked me. Mm -hmm. And, and I said to Heidi, Heidi, 
like, this job is great, but you're also interested in this job. You know, I could mm-hmm. tell like they really like her. You know, she'd been kind of consulting with them. I said, what do you think about splitting this job? And she was intrigued. And so I brought the idea back to Cami, and she loved it. You know, they, she wasn't sure how to take it at first, but yeah. then they agreed and we split the job, you know, between two different parts. She did, um, there was marketing and then there's communications. And we were together doing that for, I think, a year and a half or something like that. And then Heidi took over as chief marketing officer. And what Heidi learned, I think, along the way is that she is totally capable of that C-level job, too. Mm-hmm. You know, she wasn't, she hadn't been working for a while. You know, she had five kids. Mm-hmm. And I think she gained the confidence she needed then to take over the role. And then yeah, I yeah. bowed out and went back to freelancing. Yeah. There's so many different ways to approach mm-hmm. career flexibility and job flexibility. And sometimes, you know, that was not a job. You couldn't go through, you know, the want ads. Are there want ads anymore? I don't know. <laughs> you you couldn't go through like an Indeed or whatever and necessarily find that job. But right. you might find a job and be able to think about it creatively and then approach them with a solution. And I yeah. think that's what you and Heidi had to do. It wasn't that, you know, they offered. Yeah, they didn't you, come hey, to you, you with that Why idea? don't you two ladies cut this job in half and work it out? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just... <laughs> Again, it just, you're so ballsy as far as just, you know, asking for what you want and asking for what you need, whether it be a publication that you want to write for or going there and asking for, you know, a car that you want to borrow for a week and test drive. I just think that it's a real big lesson about in so many different areas of your life. Just ask. It doesn't hurt to ask. No, this is what my mom taught me growing up. If you don't ask, you don't get I mean, if you don't at least try, you're never going to know. And if they say no, then you you go to plan B or whatever the next route is. But at least try. That's the worst that can happen. Just you inspire me. Every time I talk to you, you inspire me about something. But today, my inspiration is just gut it up and learn to ask. Because I'm terrified to ask. Don't ask. I have this very much like, I don't want to bother you. I don't, mm-hmm. oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. You know, it's just so ridiculous. Like, ask. The worst ask. thing is that someone tells you, nope. That's right. Yeah. That's right. If they say no, then they just said no. Like, who cares? You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, why can't I do else? it? I'm gonna okay. Go that's going to be, that's going to be our throw pillow of the week, Missy. <laughs> <laughs> we always want to needlepoint something on a pillow or tattoo it on our foreheads. And just this ask. Week is, just ask. Yeah. Just ask. Oh my gosh! But I am so bummed. I think we're we're hitting the end of our time here. I know, and we need to remind all of our listeners where they can find you. Oh yes, and oh, and where can we follow you again on the on the race or rally? Oh, (laughs) is um, it called a race or a rally? It is a rally because it's time and distance. It's not speed. So it's rebel r e b e l l e rally dot co. Okay, and then our. Yep, our team is Team Brute Squad, like from The Princess Bride. Oh, we are the I brute love squad. it. <laughs> That's so yeah. awesome. That's our Instagram and Facebook page. And is there any place on social media that people could follow just you and your other writing that you do? Um, yeah, they can. My handle is Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-I-N, V is Victory Shaw, S-H-A-W. And that's where you can find me on Instagram. And uh, Facebook, no, not Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Great. And then right. TikTok is Drive Mode Show. But that's just cars. 
just cars. It's fun though. I follow it. I like it. <laughs> okay. Yes. I'm sure there's other listeners out there that are car fans as well. I live I live vicariously and imagine what if I had that car? I know. <laughs> I do too right since now, I have to give them back. <laughs> right now I just want the car we ordered two months ago for my daughter. <laughs> Yeah, where is that? Where I just want car? a Mazda 3. Can we have that? That's a good car. <laughs> have they moved your timeline out or it just not? Uh, they are unresponsive. They're, I think, tired of me uh, asking what the heck's mm -hmm. going on. So I'm, You'll get a car when you get well, a car, lady. Well, you know what it is. It's because I keep on just like texting or emailing. I need to just pick up the phone. What is it? Is that an Enneagram 9 thing too or is that just a... Me. Pick up or an introvert thing. I don't know. I hate I just, the telephone. The phone. No, I don't want to dial things. But yes, I think I might have to do that today. But yes. Okay. So we know where to find you. So excited to follow along on the race. Gee. I, know, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm We're going to miss you in our daily text thread when they take your I phone know. away. That's a lot of days. I know. Like we're going to have to print a little binder for you to read through everything that happens in those days. <laughs> yes, please. Oh, my gosh. How am I going to catch up? I'll be like, You're never going to catch up. Scroll, You're just going to have to jump scroll, in. Scroll. Oh, my I'm like, God. I'm back. What did I miss? No, I seriously, if I just go out for a walk, I come back. I'm like, I can, there's no way I can jump into this conversation. It's like double Dutch, double Dutch texting. I'm like, there's no way I can't get in there. That's a great analogy. I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, right. we don't want to keep you for the rest. Well, we do want to keep you for the rest of the afternoon, but, just, but so this is not a two hour show. We will start our look, listen, learns. <laughs> so, awesome. Good. I'm ready. Yeah. Yes. And so if we have any new listeners, welcome. We are so glad you're here at the end of every show we take about 15 minutes or so to do our look listen learn segment where we share things that we're reading watching or learning you know some of them are life-changing some of them are going to be whining or like not. mine today <laughs> some of them are ridiculous <laughs> and we don't want to put you in the hot seat first Kristen so why don't we start with you Missy all righty so um my look this week has been somebody feed Phil on Netflix. Have y'all watched Somebody Feed Phil? No, I've never even heard of it. Okay. It's just really hard for me to talk about right now because I am actually ravenous and it's all about food. <laughs> so <laughs> it's um, Phil Rosenthal and he was the creator, writer, producer of Everybody Loves Raymond. And I think that show was somewhat autobiographical for him. Hmm. And his brother actually works on Somebody Feed Phil and they do a little bit in every show where he FaceTimes with his parents who are these adorable old people that I love them so much. And so sometimes he'll be like, oh, you know, they'll make fun of the brother or they, they want to talk to the brother and not to Phil. And so I think that Everybody Loves Raymond had some autobiographical stuff. But anyway, somebody feed Phil, he travels the world, goes to cities, just really dives into their food, meets the people, talks about the culture. There are five or six seasons, I think, on Netflix. And he is... Suzanne and I talk about our pocket people. Like you're so yes. adorable. You want to put them in your pocket and keep them all the time. I want Phil in my pocket. He is such an adorable dork and he is passionate about food and people and is kind. And so it's our current Mark and I watch an episode or so a day. Oh uh, we have a lot of time. We talked in our text last night about how my kids like their schedule doesn't align with ours and we rarely eat dinner together these days because they're a practice when we're eating. So yep. while we eat our dinner, we watch Phil. Uh, anyway, it's adorable. Highly recommend it. Oh, it's a family friendly show for sure. We just watch it without our kids because they're not home. 
We need a new, we need a new one. Cause we just, well, not that it's family friendly, but we uh, were watching stranger things as a family. <laughs> and my son just mentioned the other day, he's like, I think maybe that final season should have been rated R. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. I don't think I'm old enough for that. What'd you do? <laughs> uh, okay. So we'll, maybe we'll move. Yeah, somebody who feel definitely very different vibe than stranger things for sure. <laughs> just so sweet and wholesome and. I love it. I love nice. it. I love it. So I recommend that. And then here's my, I guess it's a learn, is this um, CeraVe Itch Relief Cream. Oh. Oh, you're a woman of a certain age. I was going to say, what's itchy? This. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Watch it. <laughs> my legs. Um, I have since learned after this happened to me that in menopause, think, you know, your hormones go crazy and everything changes. Dry skin is one of the things that things that happens. I don't feel like my skin is dry, but it's itchy. Hmm. And my legs will sometimes itch and I'll have a day where they're just terribly itchy. And then some days it's not. And I've tried all kinds of things and exfoliating and moisturizing. And I try to drink plenty of water and mm -hmm. everything you can do for your skin. I have done, but still some days my shins itch. It's hmm. maddening. So I was walking through Walgreens the other day to pick up Band-Aids for my son for the infected foot that y'all know about. We'll oh, talk about that in a don't second. Don't share photos of that. But um, I saw this on the shelf and I happened to be like, I happened to be having a day where my shins were kind of itchy. And I was like, oh my God, I'm trying that. No steroids. It's got ceramides, ceramides. I don't know how you say that. And it works. I don't know if it's psychosomatic or what, but it works. So if you have sunburn, bug bites, old lady skin, whatever it might be, <laughs> give it a go. I you highly know, recommend it. That CeraVe... Every dermatologist I've ever been to, like, there's so many, like, fancy million-dollar things yes. that you can buy, and everybody always says CeraVe. CeraVe and Cetaphil. Yeah. That's all that they want you to use. It's good stuff. Yeah, I know you and I both use the cleanser, because mm -hmm. one of us had nighttime and one of us had daytime and mom, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, I'll let you borrow morning if I can use night. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good stuff. Yeah. So, and my learn, I will try to be brief. And because I, I also don't want to step on Suzanne's look, listen, learn. I think she's going to build a little bit on this trusting your gut thing. Mm -hmm. um, but my son injured his foot in a weird accident at swim practice. And my gut was we should go to the doctor and get it looked at. And I didn't listen to my gut. And I listened to my 16 year old and he is a very <laughs> responsible on top of it kid, but he's still a kid. And he kept saying, it's fine, it's fine, it's healing, it's fine. And then I finally looked at it a few days later. It was probably five days later because he was still dealing with it. I'm like, I want to look at it if you're still dealing with it. And yes. it was infected. Oh, um, yikes. So I think I if we'd gone to the doctor right away, we probably would have done some different things with it. And so then we had to catch up and fix it. So he's on a course of antibiotics now and mm. doing topical antibiotics. And it is healing. He's going to be fine, but it's gross. Yes. And it wouldn't have had to have been gross if I had listened to my mom gut, put my foot down with my 16-year-old know-it-all and said, we're going to go. We're going to take off of school and we're going to go yeah. and get this looked at by a professional. I just watch medical dramas on TV. I'm not an actual <laughs> doctor. Oh, so, poor kid. Yeah. Poor mom. Listen to your kid. gut. Yes. Try to remind myself. So oh, that good is me. What about you, Kristen? So right now I am watching Cobra Kai. <laughs> it's the cheesiest <laughs> guilty pleasure ever. And I love it. 
So my son and I watched it together, and there's been a couple of things I've had to explain to him, what they are, but less so than community, because I had to explain a lot of things in community to my son mm. that um, I didn't know I was going to have to explain to him at the time, but it did open the door to some good conversations. And I think <laughs> Cobra, Ga- Cobra Kai does the same thing. It's just a lot of fun. Um, I'm also reading. I'm reading a couple of books. Um, these are both related to the Rebel Rally. This is oh, a kid's wow. book. How to Go Anywhere and Not Get Lost. I highly recommend it. It's from the library. Highly recommend it because it tells you like how to navigate with the stars, how to navigate, like pay attention to where the moss is on the tree, like based on the wind. I mean, it's just really, really cool. Really interesting. And then this one is the expert with map and compass. So I have a lot to learn with that. Um, Did you know how to use a compass before? No, I really didn't. I didn't. Red in the shed. That's what you got to know. I don't have my compass nearby or I'd show you. But like you have to put the little red needle inside the red box to get to magnetic north. And then that helps you figure out where west and east and south are. Oh, my gosh. I know. I know. It's crazy. So, That's the thing. Um, if I got lost in the woods, even if I had a compass, I'd get lost because I don't even know how to use the compass. <laughs> Same. Same. I'm married to a freaking Eagle Scout. He knows. Wow. He might not be with me. Yes. True. And That's I know how to look at the sky and see where the sun is, but I have to know east or west. Like if I don't know where I am and I don't know, and the sun's, you know, I don't know. Anyway, that, yeah. that should be one of our moms who dare lessons. Yes. Kristen can teach us to use a compass. Yes. Sure. Oh, I love it. And then uh, the last thing I have, listen, learn, and what's the last thing? Look, listen, listen learn. learn. And they, you don't have to do all three unless you want. Well, here's the, this, this thing I'm really excited about. These are Bluetooth enabled sunglasses. So, yeah, from Bose, they sent me these because I can use them to, I mean, I could listen to music if I had like a a Nano because we can't have an iPhone, obviously, but you can listen to music like when you run or whatever. I mean, I think it's so cool. Sunglasses that I can listen to music. What? Where? How's it get in your ear? It's got like a little microphone in there. Um, Just right back here? Yeah. Integrated mic, Bluetooth enabled, UVA, UVB protection, polarized lenses. I cannot wait so oh, cool. to wear these on the rally. So, yeah, that's what I got. Okay, I'm, I'm jealous. Of you. Yeah, I know, have... I've added to my must-buy. <laughs> we need a full <laughs> report on those. A full review. Yes. All right. All right, Suzanne, you're up. Okay. I am looking, I'm looking at photos of my husband and daughter that they are sending me from Boston because I want oh. a full report back on these college tours that they're doing. I think they are currently at the School of Museum of Fine Arts, Tufts. It's a very interesting thing. The School of Museum of Fine Arts was bought by Tufts, but you also, Northeastern students who are in the studio arts program have access to the SMFA. So no matter which school, she needs to like tour this area. I don't know, it's a whole thing. Oh, so, that's cool. Yes, yeah, so she's gonna be touring. I mean, they are literally back to back. Like there's gonna be some running today. Uh, it was a lot easier to plan it that way, knowing that I was not going to have to be there. So, <laughs> so good, <laughs> good luck. luck good luck, honey. Um, so that's, that's really fun. Again, I just think it's amazing to give your husband an opportunity to have one-on-one time with the kids. I mean, yeah. I don't know. The, I don't think they've ever flown or like traveled this extensively together alone. I just think it's a really special thing, especially before we launch her out into the world. So cool. Yes. And then listen. Okay. So listening to the gut again. Um, so uh, 
everybody has been following <laughs> the history of my vertigo for the past month. And month. so I finally it's a long time to be dizzy. I know. And I finally, after trying different things and I had other health stuff that was going on with my kids that I've been focused on. And finally, I was just like, you know what? I should probably get this checked out. But I got a call back from the doctor's office yesterday. And they're like, we just need to let you know this appointment is going to be virtual. And I was like, I think it's probably an inner ear thing. And I feel like you really need the thing to go in there, like the little whatever that instrument's called that they shove yeah. in your ear. Reach oh, the <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's like put your ear yeah. up to the microphone. Or, yeah. Um, so I listened to my gut. I was like, well, I'm not, nothing's going to get accomplished. I'm going to spend 60 bucks or whatever, and nothing's going to happen. So I was like, well, perhaps do you have another doctor? <laughs> Who's braver? I don't know. And I don't want to talk smack about doctors because they really put themselves in the line of fire. I mean, the fact that what they have done during COVID, like I do yeah. not want to smack talk doctors, but I also know that I've been over the past month in multiple medical scenarios for my children where like no one in the office is even wearing masks anymore. So right. I, and I was like, I have taken the COVID test. I don't have a fever. I don't have any of this stuff. I, you know, I get this vertigo all the time. I know you just need to look at my ear. <laughs> like I, I'm trying to reassure them that I am safe. And they're like, well, you you're can... telling them. Yes, I am. And she's like, well, I have found someone who's agreed to see you, but you need to come in double masked. And I was like, fine, whatever I need to do. And so this doctor ended up running an EKG like a series of three different blood pressure tests from like lying down, sitting up, standing up, like all this stuff. And in the end, it ended up being the inner ear fluidy thing, which you need to have the thing in the ear, not through the Zoom to do. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I've gotten to the age where I have spent a lifetime of getting misdiagnosed or underdiagnosed Mm -hmm. or being told that a symptom that I have is not a real symptom or that I don't, right. I, I just, so I'm just done with it. So I am going to be, and I'm sure there's a flag in my file now, but when someone is not giving me the care that I think that <laughs> is going to be needed to keep me healthy, I'm going to speak up. So I encourage y'all to do the same because you know, the, the fun drugs I'm on now, like, I don't think he would have known to prescribe those. I think it probably would have been a sit and wait. Um, yep. Or I would have probably just got a bunch of antibiotics or something because they would have said, oh, maybe an ear infection. And then I would have been on these unnecessary antibiotics. Right. So, anyway. Good for good you. Good for you. Yep. So that was that. And then I am learning about, again, this is a very medical episode. <laughs> it's all about cars and medicine here. <laughs> um, so I'm learning about scoliosis. So my son was diagnosed and I have learned that most boys get checked at school in the fifth and the eighth grade. Well, my son's a seventh grader. And I mean, if we had waited until eighth grade, he would have been a hundred percent a surgery candidate. His curve is at 40% and at 45%, it's an automatic, you're having surgery. Wow. 
And, and I feel bad because we did have a pediatrician who caught it, but kind of was just kind of like, oh, it's got the scoliosis. And my husband had always told me that he had scoliosis. But back in the 80s, you know, they would just be like, you got the scoliosis. So goodbye. <laughs> Off you go. Have a great life. And so I didn't realize that it was so progressive, so fast, like what it had to do with their growth spurts and all this stuff. Yeah. And again, it was just kind of the thing, the pediatrician, you know, how they have him touch their toes and whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's got it. And he's like, you know, you might want to get this x-ray, you know, gave me an x-ray for him. And, you know, we, we lost precious months because I didn't realize how serious and how quick it could progress. So I, I just encourage, because this is one of those things, it's not like Dr. Google where you're self-diagnosing. There are some things that you can do to get a pretty good baseline, like maybe this needs to get checked before the eighth grade um, with the right. toe touching. We'll put a link to that because boys, first of all, are such a small percentage. It's mostly girls who get it. And so, you know, I told I told him, I said, probably next year, first of all, it's gonna be really funny when you have to go to the nurse's office to get checked for scoliosis and you're like, here's my brace, you know, knock on it. Don't check me. <laughs> um, but I said, you're probably going to be a really good source of information for during that time period, because I guess that's going to come up in the eighth grade. So yeah, if, if that is something that your doctor has ever mentioned, whether you have a boy or girl or any gender, take it seriously, more seriously than I did. And then if if you are in a case where maybe you don't have access to regular pediatric care um, mm -hmm. and you're waiting on the school to do that for your son in the eighth grade, you know, maybe check the Google link that we're going to put up so you can check for yourself. Um, ask the school nurse if it's something that they could do ahead of time, especially Texas is an area where we have, they call it red shirts or whatever, where we have a bunch of really old seventh graders. <laughs> and um, right. so... This is a rule of thumb based on where kids would usually be at the age in the eighth grade. And you may have some seventh graders who are at that age. Um, and kids all grow at different paces. I mean, your yeah. son's very tall. He well, grew early. Well, no, he hasn't even started growing. They do a weird thing where they. Oh, yeah. They oh, yeah. He still has your, a lot to go. Yeah. yeah. They <laughs> x-ray your hand to see like where you are on the scale of whatever. And he this riser score he has, he's a zero out of five. And he's five nine, and he's twelve. <laughs> so, whoa, he's gonna be a giant. So, I mean, but again, that's another point of how important it is because if if it had gone a few more months and he had progressed, and and he may even in the brace still progress. You just never know. It's a tricky little condition, mm -hmm. but that would have been like an automatic this vertebrae. Uh, what do they fuse them? Oh. And so, I mean. Think of this kid who's at the zero out of five of his growing if he had to fuse all his vertebrae. So yeah, it, it's something not to mess with. And I did not know that. So I have learned that. And I'm hoping that maybe one of you will learn it too and, and get your little kiddo checked. Yeah. Listen mm -hmm. to the gut again. Again. Yeah. Listen to the gut. Speak up. Moms know. We know. We talk ourselves out of it sometimes, but we know. Well, you know what? And I also think hopefully we're at the tail end of this COVID, but so much of it was originally as like weighing the risks, like, do we have the risk of COVID to go, you know, get these x-rays or do we, you know, it's, it's just a weird mental game that moms have to make these weird decisions. Do we send them to school and risk this? Do we do, you know, da, da, da. it's not easy. Pat yourselves on the back, moms. <laughs> you're, doing, you're, do, you're doing a good job. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that's my look, listen, learns for this week. Awesome. Well, thank you for doing this, Kristen. So oh, much fun to have it. you here. Thank you. It's so nice to talk to you too. Anytime. 
Oh, well, yeah, literally, we'll probably go downstairs and talk to you some more. <laughs> we'll talk to you in a minute. <laughs> We're literally going to talk, talk to you the rest of the day. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, thank and, you. You know, so. too, I want to throw it out there, too. If if anybody has young, you know, young adults or even teenagers that want to talk about what it's like to be in this business, I'm totally open to questions about oh, it and can, that's awesome. can advise people because I think it's... You've got to help each other to get to where you want to go. And having a mentor or having somebody who can at least give you some tips is really important. You are so that's generous. Very and generous. Kind and lovely. And that is, oh, that's why we love you. <laughs> yeah. I love you guys too. Oh, well, all right. Before we go too far on our love fest, we'll say goodbye for this week and we'll see you all next week. Bye. All right. Thank bye-bye. you. Thank you so much for joining us for the mom who dot, dot, dot podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show today. And if you know someone else who could benefit from today's episode, be sure to share it with them. Also, please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in the show notes over at our website, momandpodcast.com with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, you can find us at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. You can find links to the group, all of our socials, and our questions and comments section over at our website, momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you so much. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.